right, we'll go ahead and take your Bibles and go to, uh, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is where we're going to start out tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I want to continue, I uh, have a series that started last uh, Sunday morning, last week we talked about the cost of a Christian family, that it is a obviously a good thing to want desire, and I'm not talking about the cost of a saved family, salvation's free, but I'm talking about living like a Christian. If you're going to live like a Christian, then there's going to be some uh, challenges that you wouldn't face if you weren't a Christian or if you didn't act like a Christian. Now, I personally think all these things are worth it. Everything I'm going to be talking about, especially today too, these things have costs associated with them, sometimes high costs, but I also believe they are worth it. There are some things out there that you can buy that are expensive, but they're a good purchase. They're worth it. There are some things out there that are cheap, uh, and those are not good purchases. They are not worth it. And it's uh, important we make wise choices when it comes to uh, these kind of decisions. And I just got my notes mixed up. Those are uh, Sunday morning. And so we want to make sure we... Uh, but we want to know what we're getting ourselves into. And what I want to talk about today is the cost of a large family. The cost of a large family. Now, I think I have a large family. Eight kids. I think that counts as a large family today. I heard some guys on the radio uh, this week talking. And one guy's like, yeah, don't you have like a million kids or something like that? He was talking about how huge this guy's family was. And he's like, yeah, I guess. And he has five kids. And... I grew up, there was five kids in our family. I never really considered that a big family. But the world thinks that's a huge family. But um, I personally think good, uh, large families are a good thing. And a lot of people do. They make this decision, I want a large family. I think that's a good decision. But do you realize what you're getting yourself into? And what a lot of people do, like we looked at last week when Jesus talked about that man who builds a tower... He counts the cost first because he doesn't want to go and start it and not finish it. And let me tell you something. If you decide, I'm going to have a Christian family, I want to have a large family, I want to have a homeschool family, I think these are all good decisions. But if you don't consider the cost of these things, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start it and you're not going to finish it. And you're going to end up making large families look bad, homeschool families look bad, and you're going to hurt the kids that you do have and so I recommend that uh, you consider the cost. And so I'm not going to try to talk anybody out of doing any of these things today. In fact, if I could, I would talk you into it. But I want to make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into. So in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I want to start reading there. It says in verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and of the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. And he goes on for several verses just saying, blessed, you'll be blessed in this area, you'll be blessed in that area, blessed if you do this, blessed if you do that. Just one blessing after another. But notice the key to all these blessings is you have to do everything that God said to do. You know, and, and watch what happens if you don't do everything. It says in verse 15, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, 
to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. And then he goes on for several verses, cursed in this area, cursed in that area. And you know what we have today? We have in churches people who they make this decision, I'm going to do one or two of the things that God commanded to do, and I'm going to throw out all the other things. And the one or two things they've decided to do are good things. I mean, those are good decisions. People should do those things, but then they think, because I have chosen this one thing that is really important, I'm going to be blessed in all areas, and, I'm, and you know, nobody comes out and says this out loud, but this is how they think, I'm going to be better than everybody else because I'm so hardcore on this one thing. That's not the way this works, okay? You need to try to be the whole package. And obviously, none of us are completely the whole package. But you know what? If we could at least recognize the fact we're not the whole package and at least try to be humble in some of these things, it would help you out a lot. And a lot of people are throwing that out. And so, people, what they'll do, they'll make these big public declarations how they're going to do good things but they do, they pick and they choose what they want to do. They leave things out of their life that they shouldn't be leaving out. And then they wonder why everything fails. And so another thing people do, they start out, a lot of times they start out right, but then they quit before they're done. And if you do that, then the building is going to fall apart. And so the areas I want to focus on today where people do this is are when it comes to Make, making that decision of having a large family. And again, I think large families are wonderful. I think the decision to have a large family is a good decision, but it is one that comes with a price. And too many people are starting out right in this area and they're not finishing. And I believe it's because they did not realize what it was going to cost them. And so uh, remember what we, let's look at that verse we looked at last week again. Just for a reminder, Luke fourteen twenty eight. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Well, I think it's just good you made the decision. Just go do it. Just jump right into it. It's a good thing to build a tower, you know? And it's a good thing to just have a large family. Just do it. No, I think first you need to sit down and you need to consider the cost and make sure you're able to do it. It says, Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it, began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And I'm telling you, we've got a bunch of foundations for Christian homes, and that's all we have. They never finished it. We've got a shell. We've got part of the structure. But it's you, you don't see the finished product that often. People are starting this stuff out, and then they're quitting. And so you got to understand, that child that you have, it can, and it will be a great source of joy. But you know what? Children can also be a great burden. They can cause great heartache, especially if you fail in raising them. The Bible says in Proverbs 10:1, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. I think it's wonderful. I think people should have children, but did you know that child that you have has the potential to break your heart? While it has the potential to bring you all kinds of joy and happiness, it can bring you all kinds of heartache and sorrow. And you know, too many people that are hearing only partial truths, they need to understand the whole truth when it comes to having a large family. Because often people, 
they get mad when their family does not support their decision to have a large family. You know, and a lot of times people do that. They'll announce they're having a baby. It's like, ah, another one? You know, and we, you hear the classic, I mean, you know what causes that and all that kind of stuff. We all hear that kind of thing. And we get super bent out of shape and offended when people say that. Oh, you know, they're just a bunch of modern day libtards, you know, they only want to have 1.4 children and stuff like that. But you know what? You know why some people say that? Because they know you're irresponsible. A lot of times the, the parents aren't taking care of the kids that they have. You know, that, that's part, that's part of the problem. And what people do is, you know, they, they get this mentality, they join these Facebook groups of large families and stuff, and they, or they go to a church where it's, you know, a bunch of big families and things, and then they just act like everyone's down on large families. No, I don't think that it's that everyone's down on large families. I think everybody's just down on welfare cases. You know, they're down on people who don't take care of their children. And since you have been failing miserably with your children, and then they see you having more, they're scratching their head about it. And just understand, you bringing a bunch of children into the world is not necessarily this great work. Not if you're not taking care of them. Not if you're not training them. Not if you're just leaving them to the system. You're not doing a good thing. If that's the case, there's some gangbangers out there that are you know, great Christians. They're getting all kinds of, bringing all kinds of kids into the world. Not with the same woman a lot of times. But you've got to understand, you know, part of bringing children into the world is taking care of them too, raising them right. And a lot of people are not doing that. A lot of grand, you, know why, you know why a lot of grandparents get mad when they find out their, their children are having, or when they find out they're having more grandkids? Because they're already taking care of those grandkids. They're supporting them financially. They're the ones that are paying for all the things. They're paying for their dental bills and paying for their glasses and all these other things that they need because the parents can't do it. And then these same parents, they get all mad when, oh man, my parents, they didn't congratulate me when they found out we were having another baby. You know why? Because you just put a greater burden, financial burden on them. That's not how this stuff's supposed to work. Okay? Oh, I watched a sermon against birth control and so, you know what, we threw it all out and are having all, all these kids now. Okay, but now you need to watch a sermon about providing for your own house. That's what you need to do. You need to be the entire package, not just the single issue Christian. These people are absolutely ridiculous. And so, if it's your character and reputation to start things without finishing them, don't be surprised when you decide you're going to build a tower and everyone discourages you from trying. And that's why a lot of people are discouraging others from having kids is because they don't think you're going to take care of them. You have a reputation of being irresponsible. And so, um, obviously, some people get offended just because they're liberals. But chances are, if your family's got a problem with you having a large family, I'll bet it's not because they're a liberal. I'll bet it's because they see they, might, they have a problem with you and your character. And so, nobody wants to admit that, though. You know, everybody's got to be a victim. That's how we are in 2022. So, let's talk about the cost of a large family. And when I talk about a large family, I'm talking about an IFB-type family. I'm talking about that homeschool family. You know, you got a lot of young people. They get married, and they do. They get all excited, man. We're going to have 24 kids. We're going to homeschool all of them. You know, we're going to be all natural I mean, we're going to be, 
you know, all the things that homeschool people get into. You know, and we're going to take them soulning every day. All right, you know, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do all, we're going to do all those things. All right, so hey, man, that's that's a wonderful decision, but there's a cost to it. Okay, and so let, let's just talk about some of these. Things. I don't think people take these things into consideration, especially men. Okay, we got a, you know we got a lot of young punks out there that they hear messages on these things. They never hear the ones for men. They hear all the ones for women. You know, they hear all those messages loud and clear, and they make big, bold decisions about how they're going to, you know, treat their wives, but then they ignore all the ones about men. And I think that's, you know, those guys are another issue. So, but here's something you need to think about, right? For every child you have, okay, and this is mainly for the wife, but that's nine months of pregnancy. And possibly after that, another year of nursing. Okay, so, I mean, think about that. Okay, my wife has had eight children. And there's been a couple of miscarriages in there too. So, you know, eight times nine, that's 72. That's six years of being pregnant. Six years. That's, that's a big deal. That's like eight years of nursing on top of that. And, you know, that takes a toll on a woman. You know, I said a lot of these guys, I'm the man of the house, blah, blah, blah. But you realize what you're putting your wife through. With all that. Now, here's what you got to understand, too. Some women are more blessed than others in that they are easily able to conceive children. And they also, a lot of times, can recover quicker than other women, physically and emotionally. Okay? And that's something you got to take into consideration, too. There are, there are some women, they are, they are very blessed. They are just, I mean, they're baby-making machines and... Uh, they're at their happiest when they're pregnant. There's other women, when they get pregnant, their hormones and everything just go crazy. And that nine months is miserable for them. And it, it's just an absolute you know, nightmare. And it takes everything they have to keep themselves alive and that baby that's inside of them alive. Some women, when they have babies, it you know, it's a very dangerous thing. And it's always a painful thing. I don't care who you are. It's always a painful thing. But I mean, uh, a lot of women become, get very close to death's door through those things. And after they go through the valley of the shadow of death a few times, you know, they might think, you know what? I'm getting older. I don't know if I can do this again. <laughs> and you know what? Husbands, I think you need to hear that. And, and you know what? I'm willing to listen to my wife when it comes to stuff like that. I'm the man of the house. Listen, I'm willing to listen to my wife when it comes to that stuff because I don't understand. And I can't understand and I don't want to understand. I don't. I can't understand women's hormones. I don't want to understand. I can't understand the pain, all those things that they feel. I, I don't even like to think of what that would be like. And so I'm just here today to tell you we got a lot of people, they're always like, you know, they're always trying to model themselves after somebody else. And, you know, that's, I'm not saying you can't learn from somebody, but you got to understand your wife is not that other lady. You know, and, and they're, women are different. And, you know, you've got to, I've, I, I'm going to take these things into consideration. Last thing I want my to do is my, have my wife dying in delivery, and then I got to raise all these kids by myself. You know, forget that. You know, I I I need her around because she's brought several in the world and she's not leaving. 
and you know she's not leaving this world and leaving me with all of them. <laughs> so uh, you need to, you need to take those things into consideration. But every woman's different, and uh, I think it's just sad the way some men are with their wives. You know, if they do struggle more than some other women when it comes to these things, said so some of the postpartum stuff women go through. I can't understand it. I don't want to understand it. And guys, I don't care about some blog you read. Okay, you don't know. You know, you go read all the articles you want. You don't know. Yell as loud as you want about it. Thump your chest all you want about it. All I have to say, I feel sorry for your wife. And don't ever let any of your boys come ask to date my daughters. Because if they're, they're probably going to be like you. And I definitely would not want someone like that uh, married to my daughters. And so, you know, just keep those things in mind and, you, and scream all you want about that. All right. I, I like for the knuckleheads to run their mouths. I like for the, you know, these guys who they do, they just take these big, bold, strong stands, scream your heads off so I know who you are and can keep my girls away from you and your offspring. Just do that all you want. I, I have no respect for men like that. And so you got to hear, you know, women need to heal and they need to recover. And we got, and guys, we, we have, do not let a man, okay, and ladies too, don't let a man, especially one that's not your husband, tell you how many kids you should have. Don't do that. Or don't tell, don't let a man tell you how much time you should have between your pregnancies. Okay, stop letting them butcher the scriptures about Onan to help you out in this area. Okay, they don't let them destroy yourself. Listen to your body. You're allowed to do these things, and you ignoring your body because that pastor's screaming a verse about Onan in Genesis. It would be like a farmer. Okay, because obviously, you know, the Bible does say, "Be fruitful, multiply," doesn't it? Be fruitful, multiply. Okay, if you have children, you did that doesn't say how many it, you know really it doesn't say it doesn't say in there how much time between pregnancies did you know you can figure that stuff out for yourself and you ignoring your body you know through something like that it would be like a farmer ignoring a broken leg and not letting it heal for the six weeks or whatever it takes to heal because he's hearing a pastor screaming the verse six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work the bible says six days shalt thou labor if you're taking more, if you're not working six days a week, you're not right with God. But I got a broken leg. Okay? If you have a broken leg, you know what you need to do? You need to take some time off and you need to let that leg heal. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to work six days a week for very long. You're going to, you're going to absolutely ruin yourself. And what do you do? You, you know, you got to understand sometimes there's, you know, like there's these, there's instruction for just regular daily life, but sometimes things happen in life that mess that up. Okay? And so uh, we've got to learn to have common sense. And boy, too many people, too many preachers, you know, people listening to preachers just have no ability to just have any common sense and apply the situation properly. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, the Bible says in Luke 14, verse 5, this is when Jesus, uh, the Pharisees were going after Jesus for doing things on the Sabbath. It says, and he answered them saying, which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? You know, that's a lot of work pulling an ox out of a pit on the Sabbath day. But you know what? And they weren't supposed to work on a Sabbath day. But the thing is, Jesus made it very clear. 
man was not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is created for man. And you know what? If you have a situation that comes up an emergency, you know what? Go ahead and take care of that because losing your ox is going to create a lot more work for you. It's going to create, it's going to create a larger burden for you. And the whole point of a Sabbath was to relieve a burden from men. But these people, you know, because they were listening to these proof texting loudmouth pastors that are just novices, they're thinking, oh man, we can't even do, we can't even pull our ox out of a pit. We're just going to have to let it die. And then they're, they literally turn the Sabbath into a burden. And let me tell you something. Having children, it's a blessing, but you got loudmouth, proof texting, novice pastors turning it into a burden and turning it into a major nightmare for a lot of women. You know what? You're allowed to figure these things out. You're allowed to pay attention to your body and do what you need to do so you can have a long, healthy life and healthy pregnancies and all that kind of stuff. So take these things into consideration. So... We have laws, daily principles we should follow, but there can be circumstances where life does not allow these things to happen and you're not in sin when it does. So you should go to church. That's in the Bible, isn't it? But if you're dying and in the hospital, I think you're in the clear. I don't think you're violating you know, Hebrews 10.25 if you do that. You should go soul winning on Saturdays or Sundays, whenever we're having it. But if there's a blizzard... You know, I think you can choose not to. And I don't think you're a bad Christian. You know, and ladies, again, if you're struggling physically, don't allow some nut job preacher, don't allow some nut job judgmental lady in the church, you know, stand over you screaming, be fruitful and multiply. You just, and if, you know what, if somebody ever does that to you, if somebody ever comes up to you ladies, you know, throwing be fruitful and multiply in your face, just tell them, I will. But can I wait till next year? You know, can, can I have a little break? I'm healing. You know, I, I, you know and, and listen, you know, the human race is still going to exist if you take a year off. It's still, the human race is going to go on. You've got to understand that command to be proof of that was that was a command of mankind. And you know what? We've got billions of people in this world. I think this is one thing we've actually done pretty good at as a people. Okay, and I got it. We got Planned Parenthood doing everything they can to try to stop that. But overall, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good on this. And so, uh, so, just never allow a novice ignoramus to give you a timeline, too. And I, I've heard people try to do this. They'll try to give you a timeline on your space between pregnancies based on the ceremonial cleansings of the Old Testament. Okay, Please... You know, you don't have to listen to that. Okay, you do not have to listen to that kind of stuff. This was talking about ceremonial cleansing, and I'm not going to go into all the passages on that. But people will literally try to create a rule for you, and I just think that is absolutely insane. And that just it just reveals the ignorance of these people. And so, um, so yeah, having a large family is wonderful, but it's going to be painful. It's going to be a long process, and you know, said and guys, you know, obviously the greater sacrifice on the woman, but you know, I mean, you know, it's it's not fun for a guy too when his wife's going through all that, you know, and you know, dealing with babies and everything all the time. You know, you might not during all that time, you know, and I, I gotta be careful speaking here, but you know, get everything that you want, you know, when you feel like getting it. Because women feel all kinds of ways during that time. 
and you need to be understanding in that area. And, you know, and I, I don't want to say too much on that, you know, but uh, I think you all know what I'm talking about. But here's another thing, too, you need to consider, okay, for homeschooling, too, because people do, they'll hear a sermon about large families. All right, we're going to have a large family. No planning. They'll hear a sermon about homeschooling. Another good decision. But here's, there's a cost to homeschooling. Now, think about this, because a lot of people start this and they don't want to finish it. But think about, for every child you have, that's 13 years of homeschooling. 13 years. And you know, you need to actually buy a curriculum. It costs money. Okay? Don't just plop in front of the computer. Don't have them just watch a documentary on, you know, the History Channel or something like that. No. You need to actually buy a curriculum. You need to figure out what the cost of that is and then multiply it by whatever, whatever number of kids you want to have. It's expensive. It, um, you know, this means five days of homeschooling a week. For nine, at least nine months out of the year. So, you know, I'll do a lesson. No, you, you need to do the whole thing. You need to be responsible. Your kids' education is important. It's going to affect the rest of their lives. And you know what? Stop bringing all these kids in the world, saying you're going to homeschool them, and then don't do it. Get it done. You know what? We're very blessed in Illinois where the government doesn't mess with, us home, with the homeschoolers very much. But you know what? There's always these bad examples out there, these parents who claim they're homeschooling and they're not. And you know what? You make homeschoolers look bad and you're going to give the state an excuse to stick their nose where it doesn't belong. And the state doesn't have any business getting involved with this. But you know what? You don't have any business as a parent. You, don't, you, sh- you have no right to just go bringing all these kids in the world and just letting them remain completely ignorant. You, you should not do that. You need to... Try to do these things, and you try to do it right. And so, here's here's a couple things you got to understand about this homeschooling thing too. So it's probably going to be it's going to be at least five years after the birth of your first child before you even start homeschooling. And if you're going to have a large family, you're probably going to have maybe three or four kids before you even start homeschooling. Before you find out what it's like. Okay, some of you, all your kids aren't even there yet. And you're like, yeah, we're going to homeschool. Wonderful decision. I agree with your decision. I hope you follow through with that decision. But you don't know what it's like yet. Well, my kids are going to be smart. We all think that. You know, we all think that. Sometimes, it's, sometimes the smartness can, you know, they're good at figuring out how to get out of work. Yeah, and it is. It's just, it's a challenge. And so you got to understand, when some of you figure out what you're in for at the homeschooling, you are going to have three or four kids coming. And remember, 13 years apiece for, for them. It's going to take 13 years. It's going, to, it's going to take at least 18 years, at least, probably more, to parent them you know, while they're in your house. And, so, and if you have kids over a span of 10 to 15 years, we're talking about 30 years of raising children. Some of you get started, you're in your early 20s. Think about it. You're going to be doing this, what you're doing with your kids, for more than, like, you know, double your life and then some that you've lived so far. That's how long you're going to be doing this. Okay? Now, listen, I hope we don't flood the pharmacy, you know, with everybody buying birth control pills after this message. That's not the point. (laughs) That is not the point of this message. But these are just things you need to take into consideration. 
These are things you need to mentally prepare yourself for because it's just reality. And it's like people all of a sudden, they go and they, they have all these kids and then, you know, seven, eight years into it, they start getting hit with the reality of stuff and they're overwhelmed. They, they, they don't know what to do. Well, I'm not trying to be mean, but you should have seen this coming. You know, it would be like me, you know, building a tower and hiring all these workers to come out and to do all the labor. And then I get upset when payday comes. And I, oh, wait, you guys expected me to pay you for this? Uh, yeah, that's typically what you do for the labors. You pay them. Well, I don't have any money. Well, guess what? We did the work. You owe us. You know, now I'm in a big trouble. You know, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I spent all that money partying. I went and I bought a boat. I did something, for, you know, for myself. You know, and that's what a lot of people are doing. They're bringing all these kids in the world. They're starting all these things. But then it's like payday comes, reality sets in, and they're just not prepared. And then they act like they're a victim. It's like, no, you should have seen this coming. And so, uh, you know, so if you, so here's the other thing you got to think of too. If you're going to have all these kids, if you're going to homeschool all these kids, and you think you're going to do all this while keeping up with the Smiths and the Joneses who have three kids in the public school, I would say two, but three is kind of the new two. Now, their kids are all in the public school. They're not paying for any curriculum. You know, they can sit around at home all day. You know, that, that guy's wife, she can spend all her afternoons in the gym and stuff. She doesn't have any kids to take care of. You know, and she can even get a job, too. They're going to be able to buy more stuff. You know, they're going to be able to drive nicer cars. And a lot of people, too, they think, you know, I'm going to have, the, I'm going to have a large family. I'm going to homeschool my kids. And I'm going to keep up, you know, with all my family members. I'm going to have just as nice of a house, just as nice of stuff who are not doing these things. No, you're probably not. You're probably not going to be able to keep up with them. You're probably not going to be able to, you know, do a lot of the nice vacations and things that they do. Now, again, I think it's worth it. But if your heart is set on doing all those things and you think those things are the keys to happiness, well, just understand, choosing to have that large family, you're probably not going to get that. And the last thing I want is everyone resenting their children and resenting their families you know, because they chose that. No, those things, you're just going to have to forget about them. So you got to understand as your family grows, your expenses are going to grow. It costs money to feed them. And they start eating more as they get older. You're like, all oh, right, now we've got three kids. They're pretty easy to feed. Well, wait till they become teenagers. You know, especially if you have a bunch of boys. They just eat and can't be contented. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's nice when they get jobs and they start buying their own food. You know, that, that, that's, that's a blessing right there. But they're expensive. You know, and so just because... You know, here's the other thing you got to understand too. Just because your family grew, your family says grew, doesn't mean your house grew with it. You know, it's, you know, every, and everyone needs some space. So, you know, think about that when you're buying, you know, when you're, when you're looking for houses and things. Remember, there's going to be a lot of pe- you know, people living in here. Are you ready for that? So you can't, you know, you can't expect to have healthy kids if you cram 14 of them in an apartment, you know, where they can't even play outside. You know, take those things into consideration. I don't, you know, because nobody wants to raise a bunch of fat video gamer type kids. But you go, you do. What do you expect them to do all day? You know, if you're like living in an apartment in the city, you know what? That's why we, we bought a house in the country. I didn't want my kids being gamers all the time. 
but I also didn't want to be in the house all the time either. And I couldn't just have them run in the streets. So, you know, we got a place out in the country where they can run around. You can tell them to go outside and dig a hole or something like that so they can burn off some energy. And, you know, you need to take those things into consideration. Kids are going to get sick and cranky. They're not always going to behave the way you want them to. They have wills of their own. It's like we've got this Calvinist attitude when it comes to our kids. You know, just like the Calvinists think God ordains everything that we do and we have no free will, we think our kids are going to be the same way. Well, I'm the authority. You know, I'm the sovereign in this home. And I'm going to command my kids and they're going to do everything I say. No, they're going to have free wills. And they're going to throw all kinds of curveballs at you. And it's going to be a challenge. So, uh, you know, your extra children... Here's another thing too. Your extra children, great. You have a large family. They do not exempt you from the things that God has commanded all of us to do. A lot of people, they do. They, they act like, all right, well, I have all these extra kids. It's like it's a disability and now I deserve special treatment. No. You know, you still ought to go to church too. You should still tithe like everyone else. You should still go soul. You should still do all the things everybody else is doing. You know, I don't see exemptions in the Bible just because you have a large family. You still have to pay your bills too. The electric company doesn't care how many kids you have. And I'm tired of getting these things from our electric company showing us how much more electricity we use than our neighbors. We have 10 people in our house. The two houses next to us have one. I don't want to hear about it. And I get these things and I just get angry it's just like, shut up. Okay? Am I using ten times what these people are using? No. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about this. And, and, you, know, you, you know, even if you have a large family, you should still be places on time. You should still be faithful in all things. God is, still expects these things from us. And, you know, so, and, so, and I, I'm about to say something right now that it's so true... But if I were in the audience, I'd probably run a lap after hearing this. But well, let me just say that I, there's two types of large family. You have one where people depend on them and another that is dependent on everyone else. Those are the two types of large families you have. You have the leaders and you have the leeches. Okay? And this is how it is with large families. Now, go to Psalms 127. We all know about Psalms 127 when it comes to having a large family. But understand, just because you have a large family and your quiver is full doesn't mean you are the man in this passage right here. I want you, I want you to see something here. It says in verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So what's this talking about here? Whenever someone is standing in the gate, you know what that means? That means he's a leader. In the city, he's somebody that people come to for judgment. We see in Psalm, or in Proverbs 31, talking about the virtuous woman, it says her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. We see that there are many people like this who have large families that are also very good leaders. You know, a lot of pastors have large families, and you know, and one of the reasons. They're a pastor because they're a good leader. Also, one of the reasons they have a lot of kids is because they're able to do that. They're able to manage a large family. They're doing things responsibly. I've known, a lot of poli- I've known some politicians that had large families. These are, these are men 
that people come to for answers, for leadership, because they have proven that they know how to lead. They're the ones that speak with the enemies in the gate. You know why? Because they've got a whole bunch of kids behind them too that are ready to take orders from dad. That are, re- that are ready and that are able to fight. These are productive members of society and you will. Some of the most successful, some of the most impressive families that you will see out there are large families. But you know what? Because we live in America today and because we have a messed up, twisted welfare system, it's also easy to have a large family and to be a worthless human being. And we see there are leaders and there are leeches. And there are people too, they do. They have a whole bunch of kids, but they can't take care of them. They're not able to provide for them. And they're always like getting everybody to feel sorry for them in the church and everybody to like give stuff to them. And oh, you know, we got to give everything. And you know, listen, sometimes people just go through hard times, but we got to learn the difference between somebody who's going through a rough patch and somebody whose life is just rough because of bad decisions, because of no character, because of no ability to manage anything in their life. And we've got too many people, they're just listening to a couple messages, you know, one on no birth control, you know, one on homeschooling, and they're just determining we're going to have a bunch of kids and we're going to be homeschooling, but they're not hearing any sermons on character. They're not hearing any sermons on fulfilling your obligations. They're not hearing any sermons on loving and taking care of and cherishing your wife. They're not hearing any of these things. They're just hearing those two things and then they're going and just starting something good, but they're not finishing it. And let me tell you, it looks really bad when you got a whole bunch of kids and you're just not taking care of them, when they're not educated, when you're, you're dependent on the welfare system, when you're not fulfilling any of your responsibilities. You are not that person in Psalms 127 who has his quiver full. The one in Psalms 27 is somebody who is a leader in his community, one that people came to, one that people would look to for answers, that one that had the Proverbs 31 uh, the, the Proverbs 31 woman, she had a husband who was like that because these were people who knew how to live life. And let me tell you something. We live in a country where we have dysfunctional families who cannot pay their bills, who cannot fulfill their responsibilities, who only have one or two kids. And you know what that is? That's, you know, that's just a sign that we got a messed up society that has no idea what's the, you know, how to handle anything And when they see large families who are actually productive members of society raising good kids, you know what it does? It causes them to look and say, you know what? They must have something. They must be doing something right. But if you have a large family and your kids are just like everybody else, well, then who cares? We were at Wendy's years ago, I remember, and there was a lady there with one kid. It was out of control. And we had like five or six kids at the time. They were all sitting there being good. And I heard her saying something to her kid. It's like, look at all of them. They've got a whole bunch of kids and they're all sitting there being good. And you can, and you know, you know, what's, what's the difference? You know, we didn't just bring the kids into the world. We trained them, you know, and you have to do these things. You have not fulfilled anything just by bringing them into the world. You have to do these other things too. And let me tell you, it's a ton of work. It is a great cost. It is a high price, but I'm here to tell you it's worth it. I would recommend it. I would, I would recommend, you know, you maybe not having as nice of cars and houses and things, but having more kids. Now, I don't think you ought to make your kids live in squalor. You know, maybe we could afford even more kids if we lived, you know, in a tent or something like that. But, you know, no, you, you need to take care of them. 
You know, you need, you need, you need to be responsible. But I, I do. I think it's worth it. I think the world's priorities are all wrong. But you know what? I also think. I also think a lot of people are trying something that they just weren't prepared for. And so I'm just telling you all these things just because it's reality. And one of these days you're going to get slapped in the face with reality. And I don't want anybody feeling like they're a victim. Like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. No, this is what you're getting yourself into. And it's worth it, but it's a lot of work. It's not easy street. It'd be a whole lot easier to just do what the world's doing. Uh, just take a whole bunch of pills and, uh, you know, stop all the kids from coming, send them to the public school. And then you can go get your nicer houses and cars and all that kind of stuff. And, but, um, you know, I've seen what the world's turning out with kids. And I, I think what we promote here is better. But you gotta, you got to do the whole package, folks. You can't just pick those two things and think you're going to be all good. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was helpful for everybody. Lord, I pray it didn't discourage anyone, but I pray, Lord, that it will cause people to just think and reflect a little bit and you'll help people uh, to prepare themselves, help them to realize that uh, what they are uh, trying to do, it is worth it. It is a good thing, but help us to be... Uh, obedient across the board, not just pick one or two places that we can uh, declare ourselves righteous in and then condemn everybody else. And uh, when we're wrong in so many other areas, I pray it just help us to uh, be good examples of Christian families and large families and homeschool families and uh, help us to set our kids up for success in their lives. In your name we pray. Amen.